everyone and welcome to another session of academic research logs. Today we are looking at qualitative research and an introduction of some important concepts if you are undertaking qualitative research. So the first thing I've got on here is talking about approach to truth. When you're doing qualitative research, overall it is believed that the real world and what we define as truth is what comes out of people's actions and their thoughts. Although it is believed that that truth emerges as people provide um, a construct of their own reality. So the goal of qualitative research is to uncover and to bring to light knowledge and the understanding that exists in people's own experiences. So there is almost the fascination about, you know, what the experiences of people are. So you're asking because you do recognize that life is not black and white. There are intricacies, um, there are complications and complexities that surround people's experiences. Um, reality is not fixed, neither is it measurable. So you're, you're asking how things are the way they are. Why are these things the way they are? Um, how have they come to be the way they are? So again, you, you, you tend to ponder on those sorts of questions. And again, the main aim is that you want to be able to uncover the meaning people construct as they interact with you. So the aim is not to generalize what the truth is because, of course, people's realities are varied. But, but more importantly, um, you want to bring to light the taking for grantedness, those things that we kind of take for granted, you know, the mundane things, you want to bring it to light. And these things, you know, they're the things that we do, they're like routines and we might not generally talk about them, but those things, they are important. So moving on to the data collection, um, participants are not randomized like it is done in quantitative design. And when you're choosing your participant um, and when people are helpfully providing answers for you, you need to think carefully about who will be most helpful to be able to answer that research question. Actually, I do have a video on how to select research participants in qualitative studies. So um, if you want to know more specifically on that area, I'm going to make sure that I attach the video to the end of this one. So you can just go and um, have a watch of that as well. So coming back to this, so language, again, it is another important concept when it comes to your data collection. The use of language, very vital when you're collecting data in qualitative research. And the reason is because, of course, you want the person to understand what you're saying and vice versa. So again, it is an important consideration if you are doing qualitative data collection. It is also important that you don't want anything that's going to be a burden to your participants. So you want them to feel safe. You don't want them to ever feel unsafe. Uh, it's important that if they feel unsafe, that you need to exclude them from participating. And when you're seeking participation, you also need to make sure that they understand that joining the study or giving you the experiences has to be of their own free will, that they don't feel coerced to join. Um, and one thing that I've also found in my own journey of doing qualitative research is that 
um, participants um, often they feel valued when they're being listened to or when they feel that you know someone's actually hurt them they do feel um valued which is also a good thing when it comes to qualitative doing qualitative research another important thing here again is the role of the researcher like where is your place when it comes to doing qualitative research as a researcher you are a co-constructor and with that, you come with your own biases, your prejudices, you know. Um, and at the same time, you're also an observer. And even some people say the researcher is, is the primary research instrument. But one of the advantages of this is that because you're very close to this process, it means that you are more alert and you can respond. You are much more flexible and adaptive to to the changes that you're uncovering as they emerge as you go. So you are a co-contributor to the emerging concept. But another thing again is that it's important that you go with an open mind because people come from various backgrounds, various cultures and experiences. And people's experiences and cultures and background doesn't fit into patterns and categories and things like that because it's not black and white. Um, but when you go with an open mind, it means that you're open to, um, to, to, to listen to what the participant, to, to the new insight that participants will share with you from their own personal experiences. That's, that, that will happen. You will be faced with new insights that will challenge your own assumptions, your own personal judgment, your own biases will be challenged. So it's important, um, one of the things that I do that I find when I get to this stage or before I get to this stage is that I do a reflection of my own worldview, of my own assumptions. And often I would get a diary or, 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 or a paper or something where I write questions like, okay, firstly, why am I doing this? Why am I investigating this area? Why am I interested in this? What do I think the answer would be. So that way I'm writing down my own prejudgment. So what are the things that I'm expecting that will happen? What are the answers that I'm expecting to get from the participant? What am I going to get overall out of all of this? So that way, having my own, own worldview kind of sorted in, in that area means that um, the voices of my participants can be heard and it's not um, mixed together with what I'm thinking or what my voice is as well. So the types and the, the types of data that will you will find in qualitative research is mostly one of the ways that we collect data is through interviews. And it's not often a structured list of questions where you're asking, you know, this is question one, tell me about this. This is question two, this is question three. It's often a conversation type of, 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 of data collection where, and that's where, where you'll be able to get the richness. And that's what sets qualitative data and qualitative style of research apart. If you're rigid, the participants might not be able to share their stories or they might not be able to share their experiences. So, um, you need to make sure that you give them that, that 
that ability to be able to feel free to share their experiences with you. Um, you know, the participants will often be the one who lead the interview as well. Um, again, you know, I've had situations where I've gone in, I've just asked one question, and that one question has brought about a lot of other interesting concepts and, inter- and interesting experiences and stories that they were able to share with me without even going through question one, two, three. Um, you know, I, I do make sure that I, if there is any questions that I feel like they haven't answered, I can go back and clarify and just, oh, can you tell me a little bit more about this area? So again, it's not, it's not rigid. And as the interviewer, you know, relax, relax, don't spend the whole time trying to think about the next question and what comes after. If there's silence, I know it can be awkward, but you'll get used to it as you as you do more interviews, you know. But silence is golden, as they say, you know. It, it might be awkward at, at first, but it's okay. Sit with the silence, you know. It, it does allow for some thinking time, not just for you as well, but for the participant as well. And when we think about data in the sense that, like I was saying before, data is quite rich and it is wordy. But what what's what's good about that is that the data will capture the feelings, the emotions of the participants, as well as the meaning, yeah, of what the participants have said. And sometimes it's not even what they've said explicitly to you, it's in what they haven't said as well. And that will come when you start to do your interpretation of the data. When you're presenting your data in qualitative research, it is a raw form of presentation. So the data is raw, but then you offer interpretation of those data as well. Your data can be either audio taped or video taped. They're often transcribed verbatim. Uh, participants can be observed. So you can have observations. Um, you can have open-ended um, questionnaires, you can have focus groups and diaries, but most data in qualitative research are in a text format. I would not want to talk about qualitative research without mentioning this important topic about trustworthiness. And I think this is another point of contention sometimes when you talk about, um, when you're talking to critics of qualitative research. What makes qualitative research trustworthy? It is when the findings resonate with other people's own experiences. So you're sharing those findings and people in the room are agreeing and saying, actually, I can relate to that. That's happened to me as well. So again, you know, it's a fair and honest representation of the research itself. And when it comes to the topic of trustworthiness, you know, the result that are generated can be used by other researchers. So if it's trustworthy enough, it knows that your methodology is clear in such a way that Whatever you've generated can be used by other researchers who are exploring, for example, say the same topic. And overall, your research is useful and it is um, meaningful as well. So to finish off, when you're obtaining qualitative data, please remember that the way you analyze your data will depend on the methodology that you choose. Okay. So again, there are there are still differences. There are different methodologies and those methodologies will cut across whatever you pick, whatever methodology you pick will cut across the way you analyze your data. Again, it is about engaging with the data. So you're immersing yourself into the data. There's no easier way to do it. You just do it. Um, and 
I, I, I had one of my mentors always say to me, just let the data speak to you. You know, you let the data speak to you. Yes, it is time consuming. Um, it requires patience, patience, and you do have to trust yourself and trust um, the insight that you do have the insight to interpret those findings as well. Um, again, it's writing and more writing. Um, again, you can start writing up as early as you can, even as soon as you know, say, you know, the setting, you know, with the participants for your research project, you know who they are, you know how you're going to collect your data. You can start writing up those aspects. In conclusion, to finish off, Qualitative research is about the people. It is about the people. Yeah. So um, results don't, might not always bring a clear-cut solution, but it can get people to start thinking. It can spark thoughts. It can get people to start thinking about, okay, this is what we're doing. How can we do it better? New ways of thinking about and new ways of looking at things. Um, thank you very much for joining me today and remember to please like subscribe and watch because there will still be more coming on this um, series of of um, information on research concepts thank you bye <music>